And here we go. That's right. You're in red line. And what's that mean? No, you don't get a pass go and collect $200. You're kind of stuck here for a second. You got to listen to the post game show. So what happened today? Well, how is my world famous 99.7 percentage of always being right? Well, I was right. The Reds lost. And why'd they lose? Well, Jared was right again. Disco's a reliever. I've been telling you that forever. Anyway, to make a long story short, Disco gave up a home run to Azuna and Tyler O'Neill. And let me tell you something. I've talked about Tyler O'Neill in Reds Nation number 4192. I knew Seattle was shopping him. I knew it. And I was like, Reds, you got the opportunity to get Tyler O'Neill here. They had this deal with Zach Cozart, who they couldn't even run the fax machine fast enough because they were sitting there messing around with medicals on Brandon Nimmo and uh, Max Wotel, or however you pronounce his name, who later had Tommy John, then they released. And then uh, Dilson Herrera, who they passed uh, the medicals on, but they wouldn't pass them on Nimmo. And uh, the funny thing about that is Dilson Herrera's shoulder was like literally hanging on by a ligament. But anyway... Herrera and Wotel passed the Reds medical staff. I think the Reds medical staff is like on the payroll of the other teams because they also wouldn't clear uh, Sean Manea from the Royals, but they cleared John Lamb who had a shoulder problem, a knee problem, a hip problem, and a weed problem, and he had every other problem known to man. But anyway, before I get off on that tangent, the Reds had the opportunity to get Tyler O'Neill in a trade with the Seattle Mariners for Zach Cozart. And they were also going to be able to get Luis Gohera and maybe even the uh, the Mariners shortstop, uh, Cattell or Patel or whatever his name is. Now, he's no world beater, but he would have filled in admirably for uh, Cozart, produced the exact same amount of offense. Actually, better offense, probably, except Cozart's free agent year. Hey, it's kind of funny how Zach Cozart has his best year during his free agent year. That's so funny. It's uh. What do you call that? It's a cliche. But anyway, so Tyler O'Neill goes deep on Disco. And uh, then actually I'll give Disco a little credit. He pitches to, to the fourth inning. He doesn't allow any more runs. But he puts up a four spot. I'm telling you what. I can't blame it all on Disco being a reliever because the last time he pitched was like seven days ago versus the same St. Louis Cardinals. And what happened last time he was against the Cardinals? He got roughed up. This time he was on a little extra rest. So, is he? It, well, which which side of, which side of the fence are you on, Reds announcers? Is is the extra rest good for him, or is he going to uh, be rusty? So the Reds announcers, you're so funny. It's almost comical. You know, might as well work for uh, Mark Sheldon or John Fay or C. Trent and carry water for these uh, front office because the idea that Disco had too much rest or was rusty or whatever. It's just comical. But anyway, let's get into the rest of the game. So, uh, Mikolas has total control of the Reds. It's pretty amazing. I told you the guy was their ace, and he comes out throwing darts. He's pitching pretty good. He runs into some trouble. That's right, runs into a little bit of trouble in the... uh, uh, fifth inning. And that's when the Reds were able to tie this game. And how'd they tie the game? Well, they strung a couple hits together. It was pretty cool. 
And then guess what happened? You remember how Jared Roberts of Reds Nation number 4192 kept telling everybody on the planet that Jesse Winker could hit for power? And everybody, George, I'm looking at you, told me I was full of it. Anyways, so, Winker goes Phil Mickelson again on a three-run home run to tie this up. Now, I know what you're saying. Why do you keep harping on this thing? about the fact that Winker is a power hitter. Well, he's not a power hitter. He's a he, he's like a batsmith, man. He can get a hit, and he gets on base. He has a good eye. The thing around about his power is he has natural loft in his swing. What I want you to think about is David Justice. Now, David Justice had this big windmill uh, swing. Jesse Winker doesn't have that drastic, but the, where's the point? Guys like Sean Green... Guys like David Justice. Now, David Justice always hit home runs, but I'm talking about the loft. But Sean Green is a better example. John Olerud is a better example. Now, John Olerud wasn't the world beater of home runs like Sean Green was, but the loft is the same. Uh, I think John Olerud put up a 50 spot one year in doubles. Anyway, to make a long story short, that's where I'm talking about Winker has this power, man. He has a natural loft, and he has natural drive on the swing. And that's why this guy's exit velo is something to behold, man, because he puts the ball in play. He gets good wood on the bat when he's got going. And now, ladies and gentlemen, he's tied for the team lead with home runs with four. So, anyway, is he going to have 30 bombs this year? I think so. I'm not even kidding, man. He's going to hit 300, probably have a 400 OBP. And, yeah, he's going to hit 30-plus jacks. Will he get to 100 RBIs? I don't know, man. They need to lower him down in the order, like seventh behind Peraza, who needs to be playing center field, like I've been saying. Now, let me ask you this, people. Oh, by the way, before that three-run jack, I just want to let you know that Michael Lorenzen came in to pitch the top of the fifth. So in the bottom of the fifth, he has a couple ducks on the pond, and he fouls off some uh, really good uh, curveballs, man. They were really low. And the announcer, it was so funny because the Reds announcer, not Don Brenneman, uh, you know, I don't even care what his name is. I know who it is. I just, I just, I'm just blanking for a second. Anyway, this guy is the Monday morning quarterback of all Monday morning quarterbacks. Anyways, so he's talking about how Michael Lorenzen is only good at hitting fastballs and the fact that he doesn't play every day and get the reps. And the funny thing, he's actually, it was funny because he actually backs up what I'm saying about this four-man outfield rotation that they got a dump about not getting the reps. So, like, he's right on that. But the funny thing is, he's talking about how Michael Lorenzen is only a fastball hitter. And I'm like, Michael Lorenzen is probably one of the top hitters on this team. Like, he, he can recognize a curveball. He can hit a curveball. Anyway, to make a long story short, he fouls off a couple curveballs and then gets a high fastball. And it was out of the zone, man, but he smacked it and put the Reds on the board, man. It was pretty awesome. That scored uh, Jose Peraza. Barnhart goes to third. So then you're looking at a uh, Jesse Weaker, the weak three-run Phil Mickelson Jack opposite field. What have I been saying about these Jesse Winker home runs, man. If he's hitting home runs to opposite field, he's seeing the baseball. It's coming in like a freaking uh, 747 plane, man. It's looking like a softball of epic proportions. So anyway, so what happens? Man, have I got a story for you. Well, David Bell, this game probably highlights 
his ineffectiveness as an in-game strategy. In-game strategy. I was trying to say strategic. His in-game strategy is totally not good, man. Like, I'll tell you what. The guy that does our pitching matchups in resonation number 4192 quoted it perfectly. Matt said, Bell plays for the inning. And man, that's <laughs> you can't even get more true than that. Because David Bell uses three relievers, okay, in the sixth inning. And they uncork. I'm sorry, the seventh inning. My bad. That still doesn't affect my 99.7 percentage of always being right. It was just a little mishap. Anyway, so we go through the end of the seventh, and Matt Carpenter's up. So I want to talk to you guys about something about relievers. And if you go back in my game recap yesterday, they used five relievers, six pitchers. Now, I'm not going <laughs> to – I don't know how you top it other than using uh, six relievers, but David Bell did that exactly today. He used three relievers, man, in the seventh. He had Matt Carpenter coming up. So the thing about this roster mismanagement is, okay, you got eight relievers. Even if you were from another planet and you're like Marvin the Martian and you came down here and and somebody was telling you and explaining this baseball and how there was this bullpen, and you knew that you used uh, five relievers yesterday, Right? And so there's a total of eight, right? Even Marvin the Martian or the guy from Pluto or wherever he's from, man, Saturn, you know, who cares? Maybe he's from another galaxy far another way, a dwarf moon or something. I don't know, man. I'm not an astrologist. But what I'm saying is this alien from another planet would even be like, hey, well, don't you think they should use one of those other three guys that didn't pitch yesterday? I mean, this is like... Baseball 101 stuff, man. Now, I'm not talking, David Bell, about tied game, 7th, 8th, ninth inning. Well, I guess it was the 7th, but it is a tied game. But I'm not talking about like ninth inning, 10th inning situations here. Here's the thing, David Bell. Matt Carpenter was coming up. Matt Carpenter's a dead red fastball hitter. Now, I'm not opposed to you using Amir Garrett, but you just used Amir Garrett yesterday. And then what do you do, David Bell, when he's not working? Who do you bring in? You bring in another player that was used yesterday. It's insane. I mean, a pitcher. What am I talking about? A pitcher. I'm sorry. You bring in Jared Hughes, who was used yesterday. And then when Jared Hughes, actually, Jared Hughes struck out Paul Goldsmith, which was a good thing. But, man, if you're going to use Jared Hughes on back-to-back games... You know, use him when you need a ground ball, bro. Don't be bringing him in to... Man, it's just... Let me go back to explaining this. You used Amir Garrett, Jared Hughes, and Zach Duke yesterday. What are you doing bringing them in in the seventh inning of this game? You just used them yesterday. And if your whole excuse is, Hey, I got Matt Carpenter here, man. Now I'm okay with you. I'm okay, man. Don't, like, like, calm down. 
David Bell, have a freaking Xanax. Why not bring up Wandy Peralta? You always know how I'm talking about you got three left-handers and you don't need them. Why not use Wandy Peralta against this guy? Wandy Peralta is effectively like everywhere. At least, well, he might have given up a home run, but at least you could have left Peralta out there. And uh, anyway, to make a long story short, David Bell, you got... Eight relievers. You used five yesterday. Why aren't you using three of the guys that are arrested that didn't work yesterday, David Bell? And then, anyway, this game gets this game just gets out of hand. Garrett comes in there. Carpenter, first pitch swing and one pitch, hits a home run. So then David Bell pulls Garrett. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes a little sense. But how about just leave Garrett out there to get out of this inning? No, he brings in Jared Hughes. And now why we'll say Jared Hughes, when struck out Paul Goldschmidt like I did, he was getting hit around the game, but the point is prevailing, David Bell. You got eight men bullpen. I don't agree with it. You used five yesterday. Use three guys that are fresh today. What are you doing, man? Now, I've talked about Freddie Benavides. His job needs to be a telling David Bell who pitched, who's there, who's not there, who's rested, who's on short rest. So anyway, I'm not going to pin this all on David Bell because he's a first-year manager. But that goes back to this organization, this front office led by Walt Jockey and Dick Williams hiring back-to-back rookie managers. So if you're going to hire a rookie manager, man, for the second time, how about bring in a veteran grizzled bench coach? Hey, somebody call Wally Backman, throw a freaking smoke signal up in the air, get him to come over. I'm telling you what, if... Walt Jockety's relationship with Sandy Alderson is keeping Wally Backman from getting the phone call from the Reds. This should be wrote up, and I'm just telling you what, it, shame on you, Walt Jockety, because Wally Backman would be a great field general for you to have on that as a bench coach and actually help David Bell in-game situations, in-game strategy, and he damn sure would be using uh, relievers that were rested instead of pounding the same guys in there Day after day, inning after inning, and David Bell, the proof's in the pudding. You used five relievers yesterday, you used six today. What else do you need to know, David Bell? Anyways, so after all that, the Reds can't really get any more string hits together. I think Tucker Barnhart got on or something. Uh, Cool thing happened, bottom of the eighth. Yasiel Puig hit his first home run as a Cincinnati Red, and I'm really happy. So he brought the game with a 9-5, right? So the good thing about that is they're going to L.A. to face the Dodgers. This is so good for Yasiel Puig to have that home run, like that monkey off his back. He's got a home run. He ain't going to have pressure in L.A. about hitting his first Reds home run. This is going to be awesome. I think that Yasiel Puig is going to break out, man, like a crazy man in L.A. This guy has a lot of passion. Um, Somebody said something, and God, who was it? I think it might have been Eduardo Perez, man. He said, when Puig changed from Dodger Blue to Cincinnati Red, his hustle switch just flipped. And so... Ladies and gentlemen, you got to be really excited because I think Yasiel Pig is going to go off, man. I think I'm going to predict right now we're going to have a two or three home run game from Yasiel Puig during that LA Dodgers series. But anyway, let's get back to this. I don't want to call it a show, but it was a show as far as management, okay? So anyway, let's get to the good things. Oh, well, 
Who's my triple crown winner? It's Jesse Winker. Third day in a row getting my number one good things. He's hit home runs, man. Phil Mickelson, lofty to left field, opposite field home runs. Today, man, two for five with a run and three RBIs. Now, he did strike out twice. He's going to strike out a little bit, but this guy's going to be effective, man. He, I'm marking my words right now. I think Yasiel Puig will be the team MVP. I'm not kidding here, but I think Jesse Winker is going to be a strong, close, uh, dark horse contender because Jesse Winker is just going to keep producing and producing and producing. This is the first time Winker's got an opportunity. He's taking the most advantage of it, my friends. Anyways, let's get back to the good things. I'm going to give the good things to uh, number two, to Puig. The guy was two for five. Hit his first home run as red. Congratulations, Yasiel Puig. Here's the third good thing. Michael Lorenzen! You came in, man. You pitched. You had a heck of an inning. Actually, you pitched two innings. And that's why I was confused, man. Because remember how I started earlier and I said that the uh, home runs happened in the sixth? Michael Lorenzen actually pitched two innings. Give up one hit, one walk, and no, and once and struck out a batter, no runs. So that's why I was confused on that sixth, seventh dichotomy. But anyway, Michael Lorenzen, you came in and you hit, and man, my friend, you got the uh, Reds on the board, man, with that single. Or actually, you know what? I think you got a double on that. Yeah, man, you got a double because that ball hit off Ozuna like on his leg or something or knee or whatever. But anyway, congratulations to Michael Lorenzen. Two shutout innings in relief, one for one with a run and an RBI. You can't ask for anything better than that. In fact, man, maybe. No, I don't want to go off on center field, although I will talk about it. Because I get so much flack in resonation number 4192. Hey, let me ask you something. If I'm always right, why would I be wrong on this? You need to put Jose Peraza in center field, start Derek Dietrich at second until Scooter Jeanette's back, and now that Nick Senzel's going to be playing baseball here in a little bit, you use Iglesias at shortstop until Senzel comes up. When Senzel comes up, well, first off, Senzel's going to be playing in the minors. So you have him play shortstop. And then you put him at shortstop in the, in the big leagues. That's what you do. So then you have Peraza in center, and you got Senzel at short. The reason why you're going to do this is because Senzel's legs are not acclimated to playing 150, 140, 125 games of Major League Baseball center field. These outfields are big, people. What are you talking about? Now, Peraza, you're going to go, oh, well, Peraza is not used to it either. Peraza is built to be an outfielder. He's got awesome wheels. The guy stole 70 bases one year in the minors. This guy can cover all the outfield you want and not slow down. What are you talking about? Nick Senzel has enough pressure on him being a rookie, being basically screwed over twice by this front office trying to get uh, service time, extra service time, when you should be signed. When if he's so special, you should have been planning on signing to an extension after his second, third year in the bigs. And just locking him up through two extra through, through his first two or three years of free agency, just like these other teams are doing, man. If you're so big into analytics, so anyway, the service time should be a moot point. But the other thing is, Nick Senzel's got a rocket arm, man. He needs to play third base, and if you got a Suarez at third base, you put Senzel at shortstop. Again, I don't want to keep saying this, but Barry Larkin worked with him all spring training. Last spring training, people. What are you talking about? 
It wasn't until Jose Peraza had that 182 hits that the Reds go, okay, what do we do with Sinzel? Well, hey, front office, Peraza don't have the arm. He don't have the range for shortstop. Now, don't get on me and say if he ain't got the range for shortstop, how does he got the range for center field? Because the guy's got the wheels to cover the ground. All he's got to do is read the ball off the bat, and he's got extra time. I don't have time to explain this to you. Man, jeez. Anyway, man, somebody give me a bottle of water, man. I'm drowning here. Anyways, so let's get to the bad things. Oh, my gosh. Disco. Whether the announcers want to carry your water, you're a reliever, man. I'm sorry. I don't know whether you got too much rest or you need to get more reps. I don't know, man. But you're a reliever. Reds, bring up Lucas Sims. Throw him up in, throw him in, throw him in the rotation. Put Disco in the bullpen. Or, to make a long story short, trade for Grinky. Put Disco in the bullpen. Remove a reliever. Whatever you got to do, do it. But Disco, you're number one on the bad things. Number two, which should be number one, is David Bell's use of the bullpen. Yesterday in the... Go back and listen to yesterday's game recap, ladies and gentlemen. I sat there and I was like, David Bell, you can't use five relievers a game, man. So how many relievers does he use today? Six. Man, the mark of the beast. You can't be doing that, David Bell. Anyways, so... What is a third bad thing? What, what can we say about a third bad thing? Man, I don't know. I guess the third bad thing is that Derek Dietrich got drilled in the foot by a uh, Travis or Trevor Hicks fastball 101 mile an hour. Man, it might not even been 100 mile. I think it might have been a curveball. It wasn't really that fast. But he got to be taken out of the game. So I, that really shouldn't even make my bad things list because it wasn't like his fault. But uh, I will tell you, I, I, I think honestly it's the overuse of the bullpen you can't really make it up from here. Um, yeah, it's such a... Oh, and uh, okay, third thing. Roster malpractice. Okay, so you got eight relievers, and you're not even wanting to use the rested ones, David Bell. You are so short on bench help, and you go through so many relievers and pinch hitters that you had to have... When Derek Dietrich got nailed in the foot, you only had Kyle Farmer out there to be your last uh, player, man. So what do you do? You have to... You, they have to stop this game for like three or four and five minutes because Tyler Male has to go get on a regular jersey and cleats on to go be a pinch runner. Now, if this didn't highlight the David Bell's inexperience as manager, I don't know what it can. And you know what? It's not even David Bell's fault. It's this nepotism and cronyism in the Reds' front office. And I'm sorry, man. I wish I could work for the Reds, and I'll never get the chance because I'm burying these guys. But you know what? Like Marty Brenneman said to uh, Eduardo Perez on the ESPN telecast, man, he's always called it like it is. And man, if you got a guy like Brenneman going out who's calling it like it is, bring someone who's calling it like it is in like me. Because I don't want to be on the radio. I want to be up there helping you make some trades, man, for uh, Grayson Janista and uh, Griffin Conine and who else do I want? Yeah. Anyways, to make a long story short, David Bell... You got some problems, dude, because you had to have Male pinch run for you. Now, Kyle Farmer, man, I really wish Kyle Farmer would have hit a home run. He only has, I think, two hits, and both of them are home runs, and it's pretty awesome. And uh, Kyle Farmer, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's good. 
I'm saying he's a nice bench piece to have. He's built like Connor Joe. Could be a third catcher if you got to. Can play uh, third base, first base, play a little shortstop. I think Farmer could play left, but I'm not sure he could really do it. Uh, that's the difference between Connor Joe and Kyle Farmer. Joe can play left and right. I'm, I think the Farmer could play left. I'm not sure. But anyway, to make a longer story short, David Bell, you're number two and number three on the bad things list. You need to make some calls, my friends. Front office. Nick Crawl, if you're listening to this, get Wally Backman on the phone. Bring him in. You have nothing to lose, man. Cincinnati is the one market where Wally Backman could come in and become the bench coach, and it would be a nothing move to nothing in the major leagues except Sandy Alderson. And the Reds, you'd be a lot better strategy-wise. Anyway, so where do we go from here? I don't know, man. They're going to L.A., I can tell you that. Uh... Puig's got the monkey off his bat. I think he's going to have a multi-home run game. I hope it's three, but I'm going to settle it two. Um, I'm telling you right now, this team, I, t- I was right yesterday on the game recap. I said they're going to lose. I said they're going to lose five to four. They lost nine to five. But, hey, I was only off on the score because David Bell sucks as a field general on picking his relievers, man. So you can't even, that doesn't even affect my world famous universal 99.7% of always being right. It's still intact, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, tomorrow, it's at the Dodgers. We got Lewis Castillo going against Clayton Kershaw his first start of the year. Now I'm going to tell you something right now, Reds. Matt Kemp's going to start. Reds Nation, Matt Kemp's going to start because uh, Kershaw is a left-handed. Obviously, we all know this. I hope Kemp can Wally Pip like Scott Shelbler. Because Scott Shelbler, he's going to sit yesterday. If he doesn't sit uh, tomorrow, man, it's a, it's, it's, it, it, it's just it's, there's no excuse if Scott Shelbler isn't sitting tomorrow against Clayton Kershaw. So uh, get Kemp in there, right-handed batter. Kemp didn't play this entire series in Mexico, man. I think he hit a home run last year in Mexico. Anyways, so all I want to say is it's Castillo versus Kershaw. And what can I say about this game? I think, here, you know how I was right about the Reds losing today? And now they're, uh, what are they, 5-9 and nine now? The Reds are going to beat Kershaw tomorrow. They're going to win by a score of 7-1. to one. Castillo is going to be lights out. He's got that Chavez Ravine. No one's going to come off of him. Uh, I believe that he's just going to rock and fire. I believe that uh, the bullpen will probably give up the one run. The Reds, mark my words, 7-1 to one winners tomorrow. Now, it might be 7-2, to 8-2, to two, but anyway, give me a little push on that or a little hedge my bets there. Not a push. What am I talking about? Anyways, that's my what I'm thinking. The Reds are going to unload on Kershaw tomorrow. I hope that he allows like five earned over five innings. And I hope they pull him because uh, this is his first start of the year. And I hope that, the, okay, right now, right now, you guys, Turner Ward, man, you got to have these guys hacking tomorrow. You can't let Clayton Kershaw just mow these guys down. They can't be just waiting for their pitch. They got to be attacking this guy tomorrow and get him out of the game. And that's how you're going to win, man. And that's what I believe the Reds will be 6-9 and nine tomorrow. So that's what's going to happen. What else can we say before we close out Resline tonight for this game 14 recap?
I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, David Bell, you got to look at your chart of your relievers of who's had rest and who has not rested because, man, this game, this season is going to slip away. And I told you the other day, you weren't going to make it to July 4th, man. You're not even going to make it past, like, June 15th. You might not even make it to June 1st with this bullpen, man. You're going to have some injuries. Look at these guys today, man. They're, get, they're tired. I don't understand why you don't have a bench coach that's telling you this stuff. Because another thing, David Bell, I'm not even trying to blame it on you. The front office has some blame in here. Making Freddie Benavides the bench coach is craziness. And I like Freddie Benavides. But you've got to have a guy who's a tactician as your bench coach explaining to you who's fresh, who's ready, who's not, and, and giving you the information, man. You, I, dude, you've got an office up in the front office. That, that's documented. Okay, well, you need a bench coach down in the dugout that understands who's rested and who's not. Now, man, I'm going to just get off here. I'm going to get off the Reds line because I feel that there's going to be some craziness ha- things happen if I just don't get off the horn here, man. Because anyways, back to the Reds roster before I close this thing out. Phil Irvin had a triple. I'm really... I hope they I hope they keep Phil Irvin for the Dodgers series and from here on out but I don't think they're going to man because they got they they used five relievers yesterday six today they only got eight of them do you see where the problem here is ladies and gentlemen now I know I got fired up today and I was expecting a loss today don't get me wrong but I wasn't expecting the loss to be wrestled and squeezed and fought out of the hands of a win by David Bell's reliever's use and roster management. I mean, it's almost crazy. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to try and seek some therapy maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to watch Major League. Maybe I'm going to watch uh, Tom Berenger and... And, and Charlie Sheen, I don't know, man. This game just really got to me because of, like like I said, man, if you were an alien and you came down and saw that you have eight relievers and you used these five yesterday, wouldn't you have used, started out with the three that you didn't use? 